is the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond. This week, Maurice and I are joined by my friend and radio personality, sports guy, uh, Jim Mojo Morrison. And Jim and I had a radio show here in Charlotte um, for a few years, but Jim also has got some great intel because he covered UNC, where Mitch Trubisky went, and also gives us some insight on Sam Howell and maybe some other quarterbacks. We'll and we'll also talk Ron Rivera because Jim was also in the locker room during all those seasons that he was down here. And I've always loved to get his take, even when it's wrong. Like <laughs> you thought Sam Darnold was going to be not bad. And Sam well, Darnold stinks. I, I still say if you put Sam Darnold in a good situation, I said week for three weeks with the Panthers. When, if you remember when Christian McCaffrey was there, and they were able to run the ball, and there wasn't all this pressure on Sam Darnold to throw the ball over the yard. They were 3-0, and and Sam Darnold looked very good. Christian McCaffrey, see, everybody talks about the quarterback situation with the bad offensive line in Carolina, but McCaffrey, since they gave him $64 million, has played 10 games. And so That's, that's, a, good, that's built, a good use of money. And that's what they built that entire offense around when Matt Rule came here. He was going to rebuild the defense, and he was going to ground and pound with McCaffrey and set it up. And McCaffrey's given them exactly 10 games in two years. And that's been the biggest problem with the Panthers. And when you force Sam Darnold to have to get in the pocket, throw the ball around the yard with no line, which he had here, and no line, which he had with the Jets, and he had no coaching with the Jets, you basically are going to take a kid with some talent and you're going to destroy him. And that's basically what they've done to Sam Darnold in his two stops so far. He stinks. Well, again, circumstances can sometimes dictate what a quarterback does. I am always concerned because Kyle Allen of our famed commanders. I think maybe he's still on the commanders. I think he's, I don't know that he's. What do you think of the new name? Not to interrupt you, but I haven't talked to you since the new name came out. It's a name. That's exactly it. It's a name. What do you think? Look, they'll never take away. My yeah. heritage of being a football team fan. Exactly. And I mean, I just, I, I, I it's grown on me. It's not the least hateful name. I mean, there were other options I thought were bad. Like I thought anything with, I, like, I love the red wolves. I love the wolves, you know, the whole wolf dog thing I thought would be really fun, but the whole like anything with red was going to be bad. I thought warriors would be good, but I don't have a problem with commanders. I, I really, I think it's kind of grown on me. Like they've, they've worn me down. I haven't bought any gear, but I don't hate it. What about Maurice? What's your I, love of commanders? Well, it's definitely not a love. So it's more like a, like a lukewarm like, I guess. Um, I agree with you. They could have gone a lot worse, but they also could have gone a lot better. Uh, I think they went um, medium. Uh, medium. <laughs> they went down the middle. Uh, they wanted to be safe. They said, hmm, what name can we choose that we will never get harassed for our name again? And I think oh, Commanders fits. What about when someone starts calling them the Washington Commies? But I mean, see, that's like that. offensive to like actual military <laughs> people. Like you wouldn't call like. No, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm, I'm just that was thrown at me when I was like, I don't know. I mean, if you want to be an idiot, seems, do that, do that. Yeah, I mean, what way, about the, the commandos? To, I would yeah. rather be the commandos. We should get t-shirts that say "Go Commando." I think that would yeah. be amazing. 
Yeah. But maybe they I, can't I do that it, because of the sexual harassment. Yeah. I think anything that um and anything that you come out here with, people are going to have a problem with. And I think at the end of the day, the best way to push back against people kind of messing with your name negatively is to win football games. That's the true. more you win, the, the less people's jokes about your name mean anything. The more you lose, all kinds of jokes come down a pike. So win some football games. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me some thoughts on Rivera. Like you for saw Rivera? him up close and personal for what five six seasons here. You're well, in the locker whole, room. His whole run here in Carolina. Yeah, his entire run. So uh, he's been in Washington two years. We, you know, Washington won the, you know, got to the won the NFC East the first season. Uh, kind of an improbable run, and then you know this last season finished seven. You know, same seven wins. One more game, so another loss. Um, kind of aggressively mediocre. But what what, what do you think? As somebody I, that I mean, saw I, Rivera up close. I, I like Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is a first-class act. I think he's a pretty good football coach. I mean, Mike Dicka was at a touchdown club event that I was at, and I asked him about Ron, and he said to me, if Ron Rivera is given the chance here, he'll deliver a winner for you. And he got them to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton imploded in his one and done year of being the quote star of the NFL. And that was the end of that. I think the big, biggest thing that did Ron in here is his biggest attribute loyalty. He stayed too long with guys that were over the hill. The Thomas Davises and guys of that nature, Cam Newton did him in. Cam Newton was finished before they cut him the first time. And then they brought the dog and pony show back this year to appease the fans when things started to turn on him when McCaffrey got hurt. So I think what happened with Ron is he kind of stuck with guys too long out of loyalty to them. And it kind of did him in, but he's a culture guy. He, as you, you guys know, in Washington, got rid of all the problems that they had. Yeah. Got rid of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, and you look at like how he handled the Haskins situation, you know, Dan wanted Haskins there. He went in, he let him hang himself with, you know, throat and then got rid of him. And that's how Ron operates. He's, he's a loyalty guy. He gives you a chance to be a man, to, to be accountable. And if you're not Ron, just get, you know, then he moves on because he's got a focus and a plan. And, you know, I mean, you, let's face it. Washington was a mess when he got there. I mean, you had, you had the Gruden error. You had the Bruce Allen. You know, I mean, you had a, a mess there. Dan is still there. So at the end of the day, Dan, when Daniel Snyder's your owner, you, you, you can't get out of your own way in a lot of different uh, scenarios. I think he did a good job overall trying to change the culture quickly. They got, like you said, the bonus playoff year with the seven wins when the division was so bad. I think what really hurt them last year was the back end was really bad in the secondary early on. Yeah. And, um, you know, they just – had a lot of inconsistency on the offensive side of the football. And that's something that, you know, it takes time to put all the pieces to the puzzle together. And, you know, he's only had two years. I think you need to give guys four years and then you start to evaluate them. I mean, I, I made this statement within when they were wanting to fire Matt rule here after year two, if you look at, look at the Bengals coach. Two years, two years. They, they would have fired him last year. They wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. Take Chuck Noll, take, uh, take Tom Landry. Uh, Bill Walsh, 
um, uh, uh, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Joe Gibbs, Joe, Joe Gibbs. Well, Gibbs, Gibbs actually won in the second year. Yeah, Gibbs yeah. was good in his second year. Those guys, yeah. their first two years were were abysmal records, losing significant records. But the owners stuck with them, saw that they had something, and then they started turning it around three and four, and then they built the dynasties that they had. You, the problem with today's culture in sports is they want instant gratification, sure. and they run guys out after two years, and they don't, and then they start the whole thing over again. You can't keep blowing it up and expecting it to get rebuilt. It's like a building. You know, you're a real estate giant, guy, Jonathan. You don't just blow the thing up and expect it to get rebuilt in, in two days. And that's what people want to do. Yeah, well, I mean, you see out in, uh, I guess, Arizona, they gave Cliff Kingsbury and, and his GM an extension. And maybe right. that was their sign of saying, hey, we're going to keep this thing going, even though they've got a tough division. I mean, the NFC it's West the tough, is it's, like... It's the toughest division, if you ask me. Yeah, the toughest NFC division for sure. Well, maybe, I don't know, the the, the North... Up there with whatever whatever Aaron Rodgers decides to do, I mean, you got to go the, through the, Green the Bay. The, the North is not the toughest. Oh, well, you, you, you have the Packers, the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings. Yeah, you got Kirk Cousins over there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, you're it's, right. It's, it's, Aaron, it's Aaron Rodgers and them. That's, that's what they need to call that division, Aaron Rodgers and them. So no, I, think I, mean, I, I think you're right, Jonathan. That division, I mean, with – you have the Super Bowl champion Rams. You have the Niners, who were in the uh, the championship game. Uh, Arizona was in the playoffs, and and Seattle, if they could ever figure things out, you know what they're going to do with Russell Wilson and get the defense aligned. You know they're always a tough out, no matter uh, you know because as long as Pete Carroll is going to be their coach. Yeah, I, I think there's no way, and I'll say this as much as we all hate to hear it, there's no way possible Seattle. Let's go, of Russell Wilson. I don't care if it's for a a decade's worth of draft picks, because I think is what we have shown as fans of the Commanders is uh, <laughs> I know it, you got to think about it, kind of like a way yeah. to think about football team and stop saying Redskins. Mm -hmm. it, is that you? When you don't have a quarterback, you don't really have anything, right? Like there's only been like one team that that barely had a quarterback. And I think of the Baltimore Ravens. Was it 2001 Ravens, 2000 Ravens yeah. or whatever? Yeah, 2000 Ravens, Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, yeah. Don't lose the game. And everybody else, though, you've had a quarterback. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that that Washington I, – I was excited when they, they signed uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I thought good things could happen, and it, you know, lasted 17 minutes. So, Literally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fitzpatrick is, is a serviceable NFL quarterback. I don't know if he's going to take you to the promised land, but he he's capable of getting on a run and getting you some victories. Sure, yeah. Do you think he's probably better than Taylor Heineke? That's a tough – I mean, he's – I mean, if you look at his track record, he, I mean, I think he's had one winning season, Fitzpatrick. Heineke's really been only given the opportunity last year for an extended period of time. I thought he showed you some good stuff. And I also showed, thought he showed you some, you know, some things that he needs to work on. But quarterbacks are also a work in progress. Years ago, when a quarterback came into the NFL, i.e. Aaron Rodgers, they sat for three years, yeah. watched, learned, developed. Patrick Mahomes spent a year behind Alex Smith before he got an opportunity to be the quarterback. It's very difficult to throw guys in right out. I mean, they do it because of the salary cap and the finances of the league. But it's very difficult to have the guy get thrown in there 
out of college where they come from a totally different, you know, I talked to a scout uh, at a South Carolina game this year. And I said, why do the guys have such problems translating from Saturday to Sunday? And he says, because the coaches in college don't train them to translate. They care about one thing and one thing only winning now and keeping their jobs. Mm-hmm. So they just develop what they need to get success on the field. That's why Ohio state develops, say that. develops <laughs> video game quarterbacks one right after the other, after the other, after the other, they get to Sunday and they're, and they're a bust. I mean, I still think Justin Fields is another guy that's going down that path. I don't see what everybody else sees in him, but Hey, we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But that's, what happens with a lot of these guys, they get these spread offense video game numbers in college. People fall in love with them. They draft them high because that's the nature of the quarterback position. And then they wind up like Mitchell Trubisky, who you want to talk about tonight, trading <laughs> up second pick in the draft and boom, he's gone as a, as, and he's a backup after two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Before we jump on uh, Mitch, I did want to ask you about your thoughts on, Marty Herney, who has joined Rivera in DC along with Martin Mayhew and kind of wh- what do you, what do you make of Herney as a GM, even though he's kind of like quasi quasi like vice GM or whatever, whatever his title is up there. Well, Herney's first of all, started out his career as a sports writer. Yeah. Yeah. For the, and, for the times, right, Washington exactly. times. Exactly. And then he obviously worked his way, knew enough people, worked his way into a position of manager. Reason why he got fired in Carolina the first time is he had zero idea how to run a salary cap. And he destroyed them uh, cap-wise, and they got rid of him. And the other factor why he got let go is he was very much into the good old the Jerry Richardson thing of sticking with guys that you liked and you kept around you know, one or two years too long. They fire him when they were having, you know, because they kept Rivera. They, you know, they were having a bad year. They let him go. He bought the radio station here in Charlotte with his wife. They started, you know, running that. And Gettleman came in and kind of had no emotional attachment to anybody. So he cleaned out. If you notice, Steve Smith got thrown, was out of here oh, when yeah. Gettleman came in. And that's kind of like the Ron Rivera way. We're going to get rid of all these different guys. And then what happened was they get the Super Bowl run. And uh, you go, Gettleman comes in and Josh Norman's up for a big contract. And Gettleman realized that Josh Norman was a product of, this, of the system that the Panthers ran in, you know, in, in that Super Bowl year. And he wasn't an elite top cornerback for all that money. And then they franchise tagged him and then Norman didn't, wasn't going to sign it till they cut him. So that was one thing that happened. And the other thing that, uh, that kind of got Gettleman in trouble is Thomas Davis, Greg Olson, and I want to say, I think uh, Ryan Khalil, I think we're all up for contracts. Mm-hmm. And they were like the early 30s. And Jerry Richardson wanted them resigned. And Gettleman said, they're all past their prime. We don't need to give them two, three-year contracts because they're not, you know, they're on the other side of the, of, of the fence. And Jerry Richardson, being Jerry Richardson at the time, the, the former owner, fired Gettleman for not executing his marching orders. And he went and got Marty back. And brought Marty in, and made and Marty executed, you know Richardson's uh, orders. Marty's biggest strength, from what I'm told, is his ability to scout and bring mm. players in from a scouting standpoint. As far as execution 
of the financial side of being a GM and things of that nature. And then what happened with him in uh, Charlotte is Tepper came in. Now, Tepper liked Marty, kept him around, got rid of Ron because he wanted to bring his own guy in, kind of the Steeler way, where we're going to invest sure. in the guy that, you know, like, you know, the Bill Cower, Chuck Noel, Mike Tomlin, 50 years of three coaches. Right. And they went and got Matt Rule. They said, we're going to invest. That's why Tepper has never said a word about Matt Rule. If you notice, everybody complains in Charlotte. Yeah, everybody complains except for him. That he doesn't yeah. say anything about Matt Rule because he gave him seven years, not two. Yeah, it's true. So Matt Rule came in, and if you look at what Matt Rule did, their defense was a dumpster fire when Matt Rule came in here. He rebuilt it with seven draft picks after his first year. Yeah, their, their defense is not bad. It's actually a strength. If certain guys didn't get hurt, it would have been a really good defense last year. Yeah, He's got some position guys. Had his $64 million running back been okay, they would have been a lot better. Their offensive line is their biggest, and their quarterback is their biggest thing. But he's only had two years to try to figure this stuff out. And Tepper knew that. The biggest problem is Rule got a lot of autonomy as far as running the organization. Hurry didn't like that. So Tepper got rid of Marty because he invested in Rule. And that's how Marty wound up with Ron because they're friends and they've got a you know a thing going from their time here in Carolina. It's interesting that you talk about Ron Rivera because so many people from his staff are from Carolina. I mean, I've, I've heard All people call us call us Carolina North. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then kind of questioning, you know, whether uh, Coach Rivera is innovative enough, you know, especially on the offensive side to really be competitive, you know, in the league. I mean, I know a lot of that Scott Turner, but it's, it is a criticism that people have levied at him uh, considering that the team has, has not cracked the winning record under the two years he's led the team. Right, and I and I understand that to be fair. Obviously, people want the instant gratification. Brian Rivera is a linebacker and a defensive coach. He was a defensive coordinator when he was hired to be the head coach in Carolina. He's he's one of those guys, like just like Bill Belichick. He deferred to Charlie Weiss. He deferred to Josh mm -hmm. McDaniels. I mean, defensive coaches hire offensive coordinators. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Washington has improved offensively in the two years that Ron Rivera has been there, but they also had a lot of holes and a lot of flaws. That you know they fixed some of them. I mean, the defense was supposed to be really good, and it was very bad on the back end at the beginning of the year. They couldn't cover – I mean, they couldn't cover a bar stool in the back end. That's how bad it was. But now, you know, they, they turned it around towards the middle of the year. Uh, they had some injuries, like everybody else, and, you know, things didn't go their way. But you have to kind of give it four years is how I always look at it before you start complaining. Show some improvement year three. Year four is when you start taking your step towards being, you know, the team that you guys you know, want built by Ron Rivera. That, that's how I approach it. Whenever a new coach comes in, you can't expect everything to get fixed in two years, especially when it was bad for 10. Do you think, you think Scott Turner is the guy? Well, on I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, his father, he had, you know, his father was North Turner. Obviously he former coach yeah, in Washington. Right. Yeah. Uh, North had tremendous success as Jimmy Johnson's offensive coordinator. And uh, as did Dave Wanstead as the defensive coordinator, neither really had a lot of success as head coaches, which also happens with a lot of guys. They're really good coordinators and then they don't cut it as head coaches. I mean, we'll see what Scott Turner. I mean, I, I think Washington had limited, you know, capabilities in certain things. I mean, you had a guy that was inexperienced at quarterback and Taylor Heineke. So that also limits some of the things that you can do and some of the packages I, you can run. I, I would argue with 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 uh, Heineke was, I mean, you know, he wasn't as experienced. I mean, he was a journeyman 
uh, quarterback had played for several teams. I think the big issue with Heineke was more his arm strength and yeah. when we needed him to make a critical play, you know, which requires you, you know, you know, having some velocity on the ball. Um, he didn't do that. So I think if that's the biggest complaint that I would have on Heineke is that he's a gutsy guy, he's a smart guy, but if he, he can't make all the throws. And well, you need a how quarterback many guys to make in the all National the throws. Football League can. That's the problem. That's, like, that's a handful. I, what? It's a handful. Yeah, I would say a handful. Yeah. But there's 32 yeah. teams and only a handful can yeah. do it. Right. And that's, and that's why, as Jonathan said earlier in this conversation, without a quarterback, you're nothing. And that's nothing. why so yeah. many teams struggle in the National Football League. Yeah. Which is it's a surprising that we're, we're even kicking the tires on Mitchell Trubisky, given how pedestrian he has been All right. so, let's, so far. Let's talk about Mitch Trubisky. Okay. I, I, when you asked me the other day, Jonathan, I went and looked up the report on him. Mm-hmm. That somebody did. Okay, this is what they said about Mitchell Trubisky. They give you the, all the things about tough, competitive, you know, speed, has arm, all, all these different things. But now this is what one scout wrote about his, his weaknesses. Almost 98% of his dropbacks come from a shotgun, college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Will have to learn NFL footwork when he has to take snaps under center. He benefits from an offense that's loaded with run-pass options which pulls linebackers forward and opens easier passing windows, which they don't do in the NFL. Played in a space-based passing attack that didn't often ask him to throw the ball to tight windows, as Marcus will allude to. Arm slot will drop way down, which will cause batted uh, balls at the line of scrimmage. Too willing to float balls rather than mailing them out of bounds when he's making a throw against pressure. Needs better drive accuracy between the halves. Has a tendency to leave throws in the pocket of, of moving target. Inconsistent deep ball touch. Has touchdown opportunities, but babies the ball and gives defenders time to recover. Not always pocket aware. Hyper focuses on shifting parts down the field and can be late to feel pressure collapsing on him from the edges. And why is this guy an option? <laughs> <laughs> Was that not sum up his Chicago career? Absolutely. Exactly. Every single, to, every word. To a team. Whoever, to a whoever team. give you that scouting report before the draft, she get an A+. plus. She get a raise as a scout. Yeah. Right. Because that was said before the draft, before Chicago took him. And yet Chicago, because they were desperate for a quarterback, traded up to number two to pick him up because that he was the name that was being floated around by the people on ESPN and all the media people. What did he have a good season coming out of like 27? Because he was drafted in 2017 draft, like in 2016. Yeah, he, Lamar Jackson was in the ACC that year, and I think yeah. he was another quarterback that was in the ACC. Um, in that year, there was one other quarterback, but Lamar Jackson won the Heisman that year at a Louisville. Um, and I forget who the other one, uh, yes, he did have a good year, uh, coming out, but again, you know, video game numbers playing in Larry Fedora's you know, spread option offense in, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, which we'll call it. it was Lamar Jackson that year. As you, I was looking at their thing. Uh, Francois from Florida state was there. Daniel Jones of Duke, Eric Dungy of Syracuse, Ryan Finley of NC state. Those are the wow. other top quarterbacks. And wow. That class. Yikes. Yuck. Yikes. <laughs> That was the ACC class of 17. And then the Giants traded up and took Daniel Jones. They did. What do you think about Daniel Jones? 
Well, David Cutcliffe swears to me that he's got the ability to be like Peyton and Eli, uh, you know, in conversations <laughs> I have. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Giants is another team that's had a horrendous offensive line his entire time he's been there. Sure. And unless you give a kid an ability to throw the ball and to stand in the pocket, it's, it's really hard to evaluate him. I think Jones has shown uh, certain spurts of being a pretty good quarterback. And I think his biggest weakness is ball, uh, ball control and uh, ball protection. Uh, he just turns the ball over way too many times. Yeah. It is funny when you, um, it, it, you know, was it two seasons ago or whatever, where he had the, he was running down the field and got tripped up by, I guess, the turf and tackled himself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I feel like that's been the epitome of his career in the NFL. And I guess the Giants now have to figure out if they're going to if Brian Dayball, if he's going to commit to him um, or or get rid of him or, you know, I, it's tough. Right, like Deshaun Watson was in was at Clemson in the ACC. Oh, well, oh there yeah. you go. That's right. Okay, yeah. And I knew and, there was another one that was a, a, a head right. and shoulders above Trubisky in the right. ACC. Yeah, that's a, that's an understatement of, of head and shoulders. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jeez. Um. So tell me, if, I mean, he he will be available. Winston coming off a knee is going to be available. Um, I mean, who, who are uh, – uh, it, it, It's hard It's hard to evaluate because you got to know what teams want for the guy. I feel like and, every team – I feel like all these guys, all these prognosticators looking at Washington think that Rivera wants – a Cam Newton 2.0, like almost like a run first throw second kind of guy. And I don't see that being the case. No, no, because they went and tried to switch and uh, Cam Newton from that running quarterback to a passing quarterback towards the end to try to preserve Cam Newton and Cam Newton just couldn't throw the ball from the pocket. No. And if you look at Cam Newton in his nine years that he was in Carolina, they never had back-to-back winning seasons. And he had three winning seasons and six losing seasons. So I don't know where the Cam Newton's an elite quarterback argument. He had the one year that he won the MVP where everybody he was elite that he was elite that year. <laughs> no, right. But so Rich Gannon had a year like that once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, Mark mm-hmm. Rippin had a year like that once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Brian Sight back in the seventies for the Cleveland Browns had a year like that once upon a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of guys that for one year were elite, won the MVP, but never did anything else again. And when you look at their body of work, I mean, there's, you know, and that's where I, I put Cam Newton in, you know, he's very self-aggrandizing, loves to promote himself and, you know, all the things that he does. But to me, he, he, he's just – even when he was elite in that year, as a, in a 2015, there was a lot of down quarterbacks. Guys were hurt and stuff like that. But when you look at the body of work of quarterbacks that were available, he wasn't even top five if you had to pick five guys in the league that year that you would take – if you were picking a team, he wouldn't even go in the top five and he won the MVP. 
because you had Aaron Rodgers, you had Drew Brees, you had Tom Brady, you had Peyton Manning. I mean, you were guys, if you were to pick a guy, you said, I'm going to take a guy on my team. He was not even in the top five, and he was the MVP that year. Weren't they like 14 and two that year? Something like that? 15 and one. Yeah, that'll get you an MVP if you're the starting quarterback of the team. So, well, so. yeah, and they they, <laughs> they were a last place team the year before. They played mm-hmm. a last place schedule. The tough mm-hmm. games that they played were against team. Oh, Andrew Luck was in the league that year. You would have taken him yeah. over Cam Newton. So I'm, right. I'm just saying, like, if this guy was so elite and you have five guys would be, have been taken ahead of him if you were going to start a team, how great of a player was that? He had a good year. I'm not taking an MVP mm-hmm. away from him. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is, Everybody, you know, lightning does strike, you know, once in a while. You know, you can catch lightning in a bottle. And they everything went right for them that year. Uh, mm-hmm. They wound up beating Arizona in the, in the championship game. And then they got beat up by Denver when Denver, they faced a really good defense. And Denver just picked them apart in the Super Bowl. We're still waiting for lightning to strike. <laughs> like lightning can strike and you're like we're waiting we've been waiting we like 30 to, years for lightning we like to hear thunder in the sky let alone yeah. lightning strike. we're standing outside that? with like tall metal poles waiting for <laughs> like please <laughs> anything <laughs> we're like uh, uh, uh thomas edison we're standing out there <laughs> i mean going i mean honestly jonathan if i was one guy that i would take and you're gonna probably laugh at me for this because Andy Dalton would be a guy for a short for a, a stopgap quarterback. Give me a I mean, break. Well, Andy Dalton's been to more playoffs than Cam Newton has, and he didn't win. A, he didn't win one game. I understand <laughs> that, but if you had, if I was going to offer you a quarterback in the second round in the draft and say you're going to get five straight playoff appearances out of him, mm-hmm. you may not win. I'm not guaranteeing you win in those playoffs, but you're going to go to five playoff games. In a row for five straight years, would you sign up for that second round draft pick as your quarterback? Yeah, yeah. That's what Andy Dalton did in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Jay Gruden as coordinator too. Right. All I'm saying is Andy Dalton gets a bum rap. He didn't win those playoff games, but that's not necessarily his fault in, in its entirety. But that's, the, but that's the measurement of being a successful quarterback, like you just said. You know, I mean, winning in the playoffs—that's where you. Uh, your bread is butter. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has always got an MVP uh, career because he's been so successful in the playoffs. I mean, he's been to four straight one t- one time, championship games. Yeah, and he went to one Super Bowl. He won and one, won. lost one, and he, and, and he imploded in the second half and, th- and, and this year's playoffs. But there's teams that would kill to have a, a four-season run in their conference championship game with two Super Bowl appearances. No, one I Super Bowl that, but were, were so. there teams that would kill to go to the playoffs five straight years? Yeah, not Washington as much as we would kill to go. To, we, we, would kill, we would kill to have a winning season. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, when's the last time we won 10 games? Cincinnati, but yet they kill him because he didn't win those playoff teams. Yeah. But, that's, but you know, that's the same thing. It was like when Peyton was in the league. Like, he would go to playoffs and was uh, and lay an egg, and people questioned him. So it wasn't until he actually made it to the promised right. land and won. And it took him so, a long time to do that. Yeah, it did. A lot longer than people thought. Right. But a lot of those playoff losses – didn't fall on Peyton's feet. The kicker no. missed a field goal. The defense was terrible. Certain, I mean, there are a lot of factors right. to go into losing football games uh, besides the quarterback play. Right. I think the thing with Washington, and I know Jonathan, we've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum, is that, you know, there aren't a lot of good options right there right. 
to improve your team at the quarterback spot, right? So if you're looking at like the free agent market, the free agent market is really like atrocious. Like when they're trying to sell well, me right now, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, nope. Jameis nope. Winston, nope. Tyrod Taylor, nope. Jacoby Brissett, nope. Marcus Mariota, nope. Ryan Fitzpatrick nope. again. Yep. That's your options. Yep. There you go. Give me, give I'd me go, Fitz I'd magic. Go, again. I'd, go, I'd go Bridgewater over above all those people. <sighs> I mean, I'm not saying that's Are what any I'm of those guys saying. getting you more than seven wins? Maybe eight. With no. Bridgewater. <laughs> the, what's are the any point? of those guys are a marketable improvement over Heineke? Is are say any that again? Of, are any of those guys that much of an improvement over Heineke? No. Where you'll waste that? Where you'll waste that money on them? Where you can spend it elsewhere to improve the team? That's why I think we're going to go through the draft. All right. Let me tell you the quarterbacks that are rated right now in the draft. Right now, Kenny Pickett is the number one rated quarterback in the draft at a pit. Kenny yep. Pickett is a franchise quarterback. No. Sure. What is your What is your thought on Kenny Pickett? I mean, I I I, I wouldn't spend a first round draft pick, at least not a high one. If I can get him like in the second or third round, I'd take a shot on him. Uh, Malik Willis and Liberty is number two. Matt Corral, I wouldn't take at an old miss. Sam Howe, my thought on him, very simply. Sam, uh, uh, what's his name there? The um, uh, Baker Mayfield Light. What? <laughs> Come on. Baker Mayfield Light. Short what's your intel on, on Sam Howe? Because, you know. Baker Mayfield, I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think he's, he's too got short. A, he's got a I don't think he has arm. Good, I don't think he has good arm strength. I think the biggest thing on Sam Howe that made him successful in college was he able to run the ball. Oh, you're killing my dreams here. I'm not a big Sam <laughs> Howe guy. I, 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 I now go, I'm going to give you the five through ten. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky, Carson Strong of Nevada, Brock Purdy of Iowa State, Jack Cohn of Notre Dame in Wisconsin, and Dustin Crum of Kent State. That's who the so-called draft experts have ranked as the top 10 quarterbacks coming out of college. That sounds My wonderful. My God. I'm depressed now. <laughs> I, I mean, here's what I would do. If, if I oh, were... I mean, one of those guys is a first-round draft pick, in my opinion. No, I don't. What, what What's your take on Malik Willis? He played at Liberty. Of course he did. You're old stomping grounds. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, every time I watched Malik, like my my impression of Liberty is, he was the best player on the field in right. most of the games he played in. Like right. w- offense, defense, both teams, because you're playing teams like Campbell. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. like they Jonathan, stink. you know that's the, that's the that's the school that you always go to when you critique Liberty. You're like they play Campbell. They play Gardner (laughs) Webb. Jim was just at Gardner Webb. I mean, like, that's just the thing. Elon. Like, and then well, they'll go and they'll play like Georgia or something. Like they'll have like one like legit game. And then they'll get blowed apart because either he is, you know, either he's still the best player, which he still is, but I think he's also playing with like also ran talent. Like the guys that go to Liberty well, are not like going there because they want to go there. Malik will Trey Lance played at a, a, a subdivision school was the best player on the field. For some reason, San Francisco bypassed Mac Jones to take him. 
And now, I mean, people, they're really as concerned in San Francisco that, that, that they blew that pick. They traded up, remember all those draft picks? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I, I, Mac Jones was clearly the guy last, right. la, last draft. But the Trey Lance is very comparable to Malik Willis. Like you said, who did they play? Yeah. You make the same argument about Carson Wentz. If he's in a similar situation, right? And you think Carson Wentz is good? I, mean, I don't. He gets I just, every, he gets I'm, just use, I'm just using him as an example. No, and, you're and, and you're 100% yeah. correct on that assessment. Because yeah. Carson Wentz is another guy that was overrated coming out of college. He can't stay on the field. Nick Foles won that Super Bowl. And Carson Wentz gives away more games than he wins. Right. Is he upgrade, he though, from open. Taylor Heineke? I can't watch Carson Wentz, so you could have if you. I can't watch him. He's unwatchable. I would consider that a lateral movement. I'll be honest with you. I, I, you're insane. I think it's a lateral movement. You think Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mo, not by much, but yeah, enough. So how many you... more? How, how many more wins would Carson Wentz give us over Taylor Heineke? Two. Yeah. Maybe. So we're nine, yeah. Two. Nine, yeah. nine and eight. Nine and eight. Winning record. And well, maybe a seven seed in the NFC playoffs. And that a dollar fifty will get you on a New York City subway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta look at I think the only team you really need to worry about in this division is Dallas. Right? How can you uh, Dallas is gonna go and they're gonna have a first place schedule? We're gonna have a kind of mediocre schedule next next year right. playing what Chicago Bears. We're going to play San Francisco out west, so that won't be great. But I mean, like, we've got kind got of an Colts easy and the road. Texans on the road. Colts and Texans on the road. Yeah, the Texans are Trash. Davis Mills. Like, are you concerned about Davis Mills? I'm not. With Lovey Smith. I mean, Lovey Smith's a good coach, but come on, man. They'll have a better defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The defense will be, I don't know how much better. Probably it's been better in the past before they got rid of all yeah. the players. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Houston's probably not anything to worry about. And, and uh, got, what, Colts? We, we, I mean, well, the thing, the who thing are you going to have the there? Thing at is, when you look at a schedule that at this time of the year, it's very hard. It's crazy, gonna, right? Because we don't even, we haven't been through free agency years. Yeah, you're right. Too early. It's too early. So, I mean, all right. Final assessment. Do you. What do you do, Jim? If you are, if you're, if Marty Herney calls you today and says, "Jim, I need your help to decide on which quarterback we're going to get," is that his voice? That's, a, that's how he talks. No. That's how he sounds. No, he has a very raspy voice. Yeah, a raspy, raspy voice, but he's also from Maryland, so he kind of talks like he's from Baltimore because he's from uh, like Wheaton. That's that's where he lived. Um, one, that's where he, he was. Yeah, Wheaton. Yeah, he's from Montgomery County. Well, if, right, if, if I was taking the first pick for the Washington Commanders, I would go and get Stingley or a, a, a stud defensive back and keep building that defense. I'll worry about my quarterback in the second or third round, and and, and I'll make do with Heineke if, indeed, worst comes to worst. I do not – There's not a quarterback in the first round worth taking. I continue to build on my strength, which is my defense. I, I, the back end was the weakness. I go get a kid like Stingley from LSU or someone like that. If he falls down to like, what were they 11th? I think in 11th, the draft. Yep, yep. Yeah. I go get a kid like that. I rebuild my secondary around him. I have a stud defense that can cover guys in space. And 
Now I worry about my offense and my quarterback in the second or third round, see what's available there, see what trades are available, or come back late in the first round if there's something that I like. But I have to be really, really sold on a kid to take him in the first round. But none of these kids I would take top 10, top 15 if I'm, the, if I'm Washington. Wow. I, I think what's more important for Washington than the quarterback, to be quite honest with you, is a Mike linebacker. Well, as I say, I would keep building on your defense. Yeah. That's your strength. Make that mm-hmm. a juggernaut. I mean, you saw what the Ravens did with Trent Dilfer with the stud defense. Right. It's nobody's possible. done it since. Bobby Smith almost won a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman with a stud defense. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. so don't waste your resources on another mediocre quarterback that's going to give you, as Maurice said, two more wins. Yeah. Build a defense that's going to get you four more wins. And go in that avenue. That's how I would approach it if Marty Hurdy called me. I would not waste my time on a mediocre quarterback in the first round. If I get one in the second round, okay, it's worth the gamble. Would you trade everything away for no, um, no Deshaun Watson? No, but he's your plug and play quarterback. You know he's good. You know he's quality. If yeah, he ever gets on the field, right? I, I don't think Ron Rivera will go near that. No, he won't touch it, huh? Why would he? Why would you want to bring that onto your team? I mean, he had, didn't uh, Hardy play here when he was going through all that. <laughs> Legal stuff he had here. Oh, he was in, in Dallas. Charlotte. No, no, no. He was here first. That's where it okay. happened. Was it with okay. Ron? No. Yeah. Or was that? Um, no, he went to Dallas. Dallas Ron. Ron. Did no. he go to Dallas? He did, he go, did go to, to Dallas, Dallas, but I thought I thought Jerry all doesn't stuff, care. Yeah, well, Jerry doesn't care. Oh, so maybe maybe Ron had had enough of him and sent him sent him packing. Yeah, I was trying to think of like guys here that had trouble, and I really couldn't think of any. He was the only one. one. Trouble Ron got rid of. The only one Ron tolerated and kept, and he didn't really get in any trouble. He was just a pain in the rear end to deal with from a media step was Cam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ron kept, you know, I mean, because when you went into the Panther locker room, Maurice, during mm-hmm. that run, every one of those guys was upscale, stand up, like spend time with you. Really good guys. Cam was the only pain in the neck when it came to dealing with the media. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of those guys, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, Ryan Khalil, uh, Shaq Thompson, Jared. I mean, they had some really good guys in that locker room. Uh, Graham Gano was one of the best people I've ever, ever dealt with in an NFL locker room. Uh, Captain Mutterlin. I mean, go on and on and on. Those were all high character guys that Ron had here when he was the head coach of the, of the Carolina Panthers. You know, they had some really good guys and really good players. And Ron built and Ron built a good team. He had a run. I mean, I honestly, Jonathan, think the inconsistency of the Panthers was the inconsistency of the quarterback. Yeah. No, you you're right. Build, I mean, you can't build an NFL team around a, 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 a run pass option quarterback. Yeah, I guess and, it, it and lasted in Washington successful. one season. So lasted what? here. Is it lasted in Washington one season with Robert? One season. Because they get hurt in the NFL. I think the book is closed. I think that the, the window is closed on Lamar Jackson. Look how he got hurt last year. Yeah, and look how they defense them at the end. That's true. Well, at the end of the day, the NFL figures you out, right? right. So, my they, father, they, my father used to say about he says sports gimmicks are like when you have to do a gimmick in business to stay afloat, you're not going to last because it means your business isn't solid enough. 
because you got to give something away and do some sort of a gimmick to a get fire sale to do it. What? <laughs> a fire sale right exactly yeah. Yeah. and that's like the nfl if you've got to go to a gimmick it means your foundation isn't strong enough for sustainability long term well, i think i think the, the thing about lamar jackson just want to touch back on that a little bit i mean he can pass the ball i just think baltimore pushes those 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 gadgety run plays with him one one play too many which got him hurt this year because behind, he, just, he struggles to pass the ball yeah he's good when they're ahead mm-hmm. well i mean that's you can make that argument for a lot of quarterbacks so right? right well that's why elite quarterbacks are hard to find that can come back there with two minutes and you need to go 80 yards those are the hard quarterbacks to find Right. So, I mean, I th- it seems like in the NFL right now, we probably probably have like a shortage of elite quarterbacks right now. I mean. No, well, I, I mean, mean I got- think he pointed it out. Like if all these coaches, they're only concerned about winning on Saturday. Yeah. So you're going to send your guy out there with a board that has a turkey, a, a, a turkey and a hand on it. He's going to clap his hands and then run the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy I mean, Moss once told me this. I asked him this question as well. And he said to me, there are like seven progressions in an NFL route tree. Most kids mm-hmm. can get the, most guys that come into the league can get the two. Mm-hmm. Because in the college game, they see one thing, it's locked down, they go to the check down. Right. Like Geno Smith is case in point. Played at West Virginia, was always a set, you know, his passes are five yards or less. He would throw to uh, Trayvon Austin, Stedman Bailey, and they would get all these yak yardages. And he would get 400 yards passing because those guys would take a five-yard dump and run at 80 yards to the house. And that's what you see at Ohio State. That's what you see a lot of these colleges. Yeah, well, that's also why they don't play any defense. Right. And that's the other colleges fact, either. No... Right. When he plays exactly. defense, all these all these quarterbacks look amazing. Because <laughs> nobody's stopping them. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go through a, a, a litany of guys that were, you know, video game. I mean, Andre Ware at Houston won a Heisman Trophy. Was a bust in the act. David Klingler. I mean, there's so many guys. You, Jamarcus Russell. You'll go through <laughs> the list of all these guys that were just phenomenal. You know, had these numbers that were astronomical, and then and then they couldn't light it up for a day in the at the NFL. But, but, but I, I think we go back to the beginning of the show when you're saying that you know there is no patience in the NFL, right? So well, that's your problem. Yeah. We've got to have yeah. patience. Yeah, and that's where I think Ron Rivera. You know, you got to give him three, four years to get this whole thing sorted out and figured out. And, and you know, see what happens after the draft in year three. See what he does in the free agency. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he's the head coach. They've got the GM. But see what the team comes up with and how they fill the parts. Uh, like I said, I would go and try to, re, you know, get the, the linebacker, get the defensive back. That's where I would do. Make that defense as sound as possible. And then, Bill, make sure you bring McLaurin back, re-sign him. Because uh, that's your playmaker on offense, and then work it work around that. Make sure you know maybe you want to shore up the offensive line a little bit with another you know guy maybe in the you know second third round, depending on what your best available is. And then you know you can live with Heineke if you surround him with enough guys where he manages the games. You make you and you play from ahead because your defense is is so good. Other teams can't score on you. Yeah, that was kind of how they how they won in twenty twenty. The defense, it played a bunch of beat up teams. Defense just overwhelmed everybody. And it, yeah, I mean, that, that, that sounds like a winning game plan. I mean, you think about how great Gibbs was, how he won with Rippon, how he took a reclamation project. Not that Doug Williams was not, not wasn't talented, but yeah. he was shot when they got him. He was, came in as a backup. Yeah. And then he elevated him 
into a Super Bowl MVP. And then, of course, he won with five. I mean, the way Rick, you know, Gibbs did it, I mean, Gibbs proved that you can, with, and they, but they had a great defense. And, you know, and they had a lot of good guys around those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And of course, well, yeah, they, well, they had the they had the hogs. Well, I was just about the, to say that, and yeah. you had <laughs> you had one of the greatest offensive lines of all time. And yeah. and, and, speak, and speaking of which, and I know we're about to wrap up, but it's still a travesty to me that Joe Jacoby is not in the Hall of Fame. Like I see, they put these. I mean, they put uh, uh, Tony Vaselli in the Hall of Fame over uh, Joe Jacoby, uh, and Alan Fanica over Joe Jacoby. I mean, speaking to the choir, Maurice. I've had, we've I mean, had Joe on a bunch of times on my radio shows when I was doing uh, midday uh, afternoon drive and midday and uh, here in Charlotte. Joe Jacoby's a great guy. He's been he 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 belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, and London Fletcher got got shut out, which is crazy, crazy yeah. that London Fletcher didn't get in. Um, I guess final final couple thoughts uh, just on Washington stuff. You know the 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 combines going on, so I guess we'll talk some combine next week. Um, but interesting uh, development, kind of not related to Washington, but kind of related to Washington. Uh, Do you see that RG 3s tell all book is dead? Yeah, yeah. Really? Surviving really? Washington, the one that was going to come out in Mike August. Shanahan? He was he was writing a tell all book about about I guess Mike Shanahan and and some sexual and, harassment stuff, um, and he he I guess it's all done it's all it's killed, so no yeah, more RG three lawyers. Probably the publisher could have been afraid to to get sued by Dan. It could have been Griffin not wanting to play the heel anymore. Maybe he wants to re- rehab his image, ES- or it could be ESPN's lucrative contract, and they don't want to be embroiled in that kind of drama with an on-air personality. I mean, that's probably true too. <laughs> I mean, Just saying, do you want this ESPN money, or you want to try to take a one hit on this book deal? I mean, yeah, it's crazy that 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 he was promoting that because it it kind of looked bad, and I think now it looks even worse that it mm-hmm. it went away. But yeah, apparently his book deal's dead. And uh, let me ask you guys a quick question. What do you think are the chances that the NFL eventually forces Dan to sell like they did Richardson? But they didn't Uh, force Richardson to sell. Well, I mean, Richardson knew he was going to be forced, so he made it look like it was his decision. But you knew that, like, he already had the the transition plan was already in place for his kids to have to sell upon his death. You know, they just accelerated that plan. He got promoted to billionaire. You know, this now he's sitting over there in Quill Hollow in his like nine million dollar house over there on Quill Hollow, like living it up. Like, I, I mean, this is, this is this is what I'll say. So the um, the owner of the Patriots, um, Bob Kraft, he got arrested for solicitation in a massage parlor. You know, he's still the owner of the New England Patriots. Uh, there was these very provocative photographs of Jerry Jones with some girls that were his granddaughter's age. Um, the videos. Their face. He has the videos. videos. Right? Um, he still owns the Cowboys, right? So I say all that to say that until you, I, I don't care what reporter says or they're thinking about on selling the team or, you know, because of this, that, and the other. I'll believe it when I see it. 
And the reason why I say that, because if you take Dan Snyder down for this kind of stuff, I refuse to think that he's the only owner in the NFL that has these issues on their team. They've just been really, really good at keeping it quiet. And if you take him down, that means that other owners can be taken down as well. So if anything, they'll rally, um, they'll circle the wagons around him just to prove a point that you're not going to take us down. Like, I, I don't think people realize how powerful these NFL owners are. I mean, they kept out Donald Trump and he became president of the United States. That's how well, powerful because they are. He was a fake billionaire. I mean, but that, that, that's not, true too. He yeah, was I mean, a fake billionaire. Just... Yeah. He was like the guy, he was like the guy that tried to buy the, uh, the, uh, Islanders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think yeah. with, uh, you know, with Snyder's, I I tend to agree that I don't think anything's going to happen, but I, I do, I, even though like I do in the back of my mind, believe that there is something happening like this whole commanders getting the, the crest wrong, um, you know, them not even, I mean, just the weird lack of input on the name and just how everything was rushed. It feels like that you're trying to set yourself up for something and now there's a a proposal coming out of Maryland. I guess the Maryland Stadium Commission is putting out a proposal that would keep the commanders at FedEx Field and would rebuild the stadium on that property. And I think when you have, because right now you've got nothing, you've had nothing to sell, right? You had a team name in the Redskins that couldn't, <laughs> had no trademark. So it had no value except for people that would buy Redskins stuff, which was, uh, it, sadly, it was, it was a smaller amount of people that were a part of that, that, um, that group. And you've got second to last in, in stadium attendance. You've got, um, I mean, apparently you could buy season tickets now for an entire season for like 500 bucks, really? which is, yeah, I like dirt cheap. Like people were saying, they paid more for their PS2 than they, or their or their PS5, or than they, yeah, yeah, than they paid for their season tickets. So I'm like, man, well, I, I, maybe I need to go buy some season tickets. Um, so to me, it tells me that they're kind of trying to put themselves in a position to make a few bucks, um, increase the value, get it up above, you know, four billion, you know, but. Who knows? I I tend to agree though that when you've got I think the whole situation with Jerry Jones that coming out and then it like nothing coming of it really At like all. no investigation, no nothing. Um that allowed to happen. Yeah, it kind of tells you, you know, granted maybe they weren't going to touch Jerry cuz Jerry brings the money and Dan ain't bringing you any money right now. So Maybe that's where the animus is, because in the end of the day, it's all about money with these guys, right? Absolutely. Yep. So, who knows? Who knows? So, well, it's been great having you on here, Jim. And anytime, my friends. Anytime. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I, I mean, it. you gave me some. I, I think you've depressed us, though, for the most part, because I know everybody's going to be like still talking. Um, uh, Mitch Trubisky to DC, and all we'll have to do is just share with him this episode. 
<laughs> and your analysis of Mitch Trubisky to know that that's just not going to work. That's just well, a- is there not a reason why Mitch Trubisky is, is not a starting quarterback in the National Football League right now? Yes. All, with all of the putrid, horrendous, unwatchable quarterbacks <laughs> that play in the National Football League, and he's a backup. What does that tell you about Mitchell Trubisky? Wow. Think about he, that. He's that good. He's saving that arm. Think about that. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you think. I mean, the Bears had Andy Dalton and, and Fields this year. Got rid of Trubisky. They invested, yeah. they invested like, a, like a whole draft worth of picks to go up to that two pick. And they, and they abandoned him after, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It really puts it in perspective. I mean, Jeez. and you want to go down that rabbit hole of mediocrity? When, I mean, I mean, if you know, what you got now, like, I think Maurice said, it. he's a journeyman. He doesn't have the strong arm, but he's capable of winning football games for you. If you surround him with the right pieces and you make that defense stellar. And then I think if you, I think if you had a, a healthy Curtis Samuel, that's got to be a good for at least two more wins. Yeah, that you was know, because big, that was a big loss for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean Curtis you Samuel. Put Curtis Samuel out. You put Curtis Samuel and McLaurin together. Now all of a sudden you've got a dynamic uh, tandem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Logan Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of injuries and surprised that they only got seven wins. Which yeah. I now at looking at it in comparison, you kind of think, eh, seven wins probably not that bad. So. Right. That's the big issue with the National Football League year to year is how quickly you get decimated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. True. All right. Till next time, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.